Hi, this is Nathan, and you're listening to a public church podcast. We would love to connect with you on social media at a public church, or you can visit our website, publicchurch.com. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. And I'm just going to say this. I love the 12 o'clock gathering. Come on. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. And so can we give it up for this team one more time here behind us that's been leading us in worship so far today? They are incredible. And, you know, I learned um, a long time ago that the best thing that I could do as a worship pastor would be to surround myself with people who are more talented than I am. And I've done that with this group of people uh, for sure. But not only that, but they have a heart um, to lead people to who Jesus is. And they volunteer their time week in and week out. And there's no way that I could fulfill my role here in public church without all of them. Um, so in all of public worship, uh, public, public worship, Thank you, production team, creative team, worship team, for all that you guys do. I love you guys very much. Yeah, give it up to them one more time. Awesome. Also, you may not know it, but this is very intimidating uh, to be up here and in front of you all, and especially when you're accustomed to someone like Todd on a weekly basis um, who gets up and communicates so well. But not only Todd, but you guys are really blessed to have some awesome communicators who speak more regularly to you all. Nathan and Colin both do a a uh, phenomenal job. And so to get the opportunity to stand before you guys today is really humbling, and it's a really huge honor uh, for me. But you see, I am no stranger to following up the greatness that is Todd Stevenson, okay? So Todd and I have been friends for over 18 years now, okay? Yeah, somebody said, oh, that's right. Um, and during that time, I, I learned very quickly that Todd is just the type of person who just really kind of like wins at everything. He's good at everything. You know, it's kind of, people like that are just disgusting, you know, <laughs> if you ask me. But so when we were preparing for this talk, um, I took a, little, took a little stroll down memory lane and was looking through some yearbooks and, and pictures and came across this senior yearbook here where our class valedictorian was Todd Stevenson. Okay, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I was, I was just the class representative. And I don't, I don't even really know what that is. 14 years later, it's just some like token, like secondary prize or something, I think. So uh, he was our football captain. Um, the principal's award winner, and you can see their finalist included, Cody Disney. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. And then uh, the crowning jewel of all of that, the 2005 Mr. Bradley. That's your lead pastor, okay? Come on, can you give it up for him? Mr. Bradley. Awesome. And so, uh, you know, Todd, Todd's just the type of person who, when he was getting ready to go to university and stuff, a lot of us are trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to pay for part of this or all of this? And my sister was like him too. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Like universities are like, we'll pay you to come here. Come on. Like you're going to get money somehow out of, out of coming to our school. And so it's just, I don't, I don't understand people like that. And I'm certainly not one of them. Um, there was one time where we came in late to AP English class, junior year, I believe, um, coming out of Friday morning madness at FCA at Bradley. And we were about 15 minutes late. um, And we walked in, Todd and I together, and the teacher looks at me and says, Cody, did you lose track of time? You're late. What do you think you're doing? And I just said, well, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, we were at, we were at FCA and I pulled the Jesus card out there. It makes it, you can be late, you know? <laughs> so we were at FCA. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but then I, I couldn't let go of the fact that like, she didn't say anything about Todd coming in late too, you know? So I said, well, you know, Todd came in with me and you didn't say anything to him. Yeah, that was stupid. Um, 
And so then she says, her remark was, well, Cody, you don't have a hundred average in the class like Todd does either. So what do you think about that? (laughs) Yikes. So Todd has taught me from a very young age that life just isn't always fair, you know, (laughs) and you just got to kind of roll with it. But in, in all seriousness, those of you who may not know Todd very well yet, I, I do want to let you know that this man is completely genuine, is the true embodiment of someone who really practices what he stands before you and preaches. And we are really, really lucky to have him as our, as our lead pastor. And he's someone that's worth following into any battle um, because we know that he's putting Jesus at the forefront of every decision that he makes. And I get the opportunity to come to a job every day that I love because that's, that's what I'm passionate about. I know it's what I'm called to. But I get the opportunity to do that with my best friend, too, which is just an added blessing. It's a huge honor. So here we are, the search for more, the last week of our series. And I encourage any of you who missed uh, the previous two weeks to head on over to YouTube or to the podcast and check out the other two weeks of the talk. And really, the heart of this series goes back to a series from the very beginning of the year entitled The Problem with Immeasurably More. And see, we started... Um, 2019, with the goal of praying Ephesians 3, 14 through 20, at least once a week for the entire year. We realize that there's a lot of new faces that are here with us now, which is awesome. That Maybe you weren't part of the journey that we were on at that time. But in January, we made these little cards available to everyone. And I just want to invite you, if you've lost yours, or if yours is just kind of crummy from being in your wallet for nine months like mine is, you might need a new fresh one to keep up with and read. If you weren't here, then grab one of those at the Info Hub today, because we really want to lean in here in the the last bit of 2019 to doubling down on that prayer and committing to it and just see what God does through it. Um, And so also my motivation for asking you to take one of these cards is um, partially selfish, I'll just admit, because Mitchell Hartley, our creative director and myself, we hand cut most of those suckers, okay? And it was a daunting task. And so if you were to take one, it would be a huge favor for the labor that we put into it. Um, And I can assure you that if the lines are crooked, then it was definitely the ones that Mitchell cut, not me. So, (laughs) Um, But over the last two weeks, we've been talking about two essential habits that should be a part of the life of every Jesus follower. In week one, Todd laid the framework for the series just beautifully with these two statements. Jesus is the more that we long for and that Jesus doesn't give us more in a moment. He gives us more in a journey. The first habit that we discussed is connect, and that the, lo- the more that we long for is simply unattainable outside of community. And last week, we discovered habit number two, which was that we find more by diving into the deep end of Jesus's love. You know, so oftentimes, we're just hesitant to really dive into that love, and we just kind of like to tiptoe around it. But the truth is, is we miss the point entirely of what Jesus is calling and asking us to do if we don't dive in. And we find ourselves lacking and inevitably wanting more. Both of these habits are vital and should be cultivated and exercised regularly in our lives. But without this third habit, we will miss out on the beautiful and completed picture of all that God has in store for us. So without any further ado, who's ready to find out what habit number three is? The, the right side of the room is ready to find out what habit number three is. So is, it, is anybody else ready? Yeah. All right. Awesome. So it's probably no surprise that we're going to jump right back into our passage in Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 to find this habit. And I can promise you guys, if you 
stay vocal like that, this whole time will go a lot faster for you. I'll be up here a really long time if you just sit quietly. So let's lean in. (laughs) All right. We're going to read here together. Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that you, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So in verse 21, we are pointed to what habit number three is by this word glory. But in order to completely get there, we need to unpack the Webster's definition of the word glory. So glory means to worshipful praise honor, and thanksgiving. And that means that our third habit is worship. Our search for more is incomplete without a lifestyle of worship. You see, we can and should connect with others. We can and should certainly love like Jesus and dive into the deep end of the vastness of his love. However, we can only do those things effectively if our response and the posture that we're operating out of is that of worship. Now, I'm fully aware that some of you at this point are thinking, oh, gee, they got the worship guy up to talk about worship this week. Whoa, that's really unpredictable, right? So I want to tell you that I am by no means an expert. This is not something that I've fully arrived at. Um, But I am, however, someone who was far away from God, who has experienced the love and grace of God. And now all I want to do because of that is worship him. Okay, and my prayer for all of us today is that we can lean into this time and grow deeper into the understanding of what it means to worship Him, not only in this place, but in our daily lives. And if we allow Him to, He can do something incredible through us. So it's important that we start with a common understanding of how we define worship. You know, we've mentioned this in talks before, but when we first got started, Todd and I sat down and talked about kind of our worship culture here, what we wanted to create. Um, And we really loved the definition that Louis Giglio from Passion City had. And so we just took it and sort of tweaked it a bit for our context. And this is what we have. Worship, our response both personally and collectively to God for who he is and what he has done expressed in and by the things we say and the way we live. You see, it's important that we start here because at the very base level, this isn't how you would really define worship. See, worship can just be called the thing that you hold in highest esteem, what you place the most value in. Where is your time going? Where are your finances going? What are you most interested in? That is most likely what we worship. Everyone here today, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you are worshiping something. The next question we have to ask is, so why do we worship, right? Start with the why. First of all, we lose sight of this seemingly daily for several and numerous reasons, but In essence, it's truly what we were created for. But don't just take my word for it. We're going to look in God's word at Isaiah 43, verses 19 through 21. It'll be on the screen for us. See, I'm doing a new thing. 
Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. We see here clearly stated in verse 21 that he formed us, he created us in order to give him praise and worship. But if we look at this passage again, and we look, ask ourselves the question of why, we're going to find out a little bit more. And we're going to read it again, and we're going to start in verse 16. This time we're going to read it from the message translation. I love the way the words are articulated in the message, but I'll just be honest. I love the way that this reads from the message, partly because it's easy to hear someone with a good old East Tennessee accent saying it, and that is always a good thing, right? All right, so verse 16. This is what God says. The God who builds a road right through the ocean, who carves a path through pounding waves. The God who summons horses and chariots and armies. They lie down and they can't get up. They're snuffed out like so many candles. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Wild animals will say, thank you, the coyotes and the buzzards, because I provided water in the desert rivers through the sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose, the people I made especially for myself, a people custom-made to praise me. So we see again, and I love how this says this here, that it's what we were custom-made for. But we also see more than that. And if we look at everything that's taken place in these scriptures, we see that not only do we worship him because of who he is, but because of what he's done and what he's continuing to do, that he keeps us safe. He provides for our every need. Now, I want us to do something together real quick before we go any further. On the count of three, I want us to take an inhale and exhale. We're just going to take a breath together, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Very good. You see, I've, I've had some sickness going on this week, and I'm on an inhaler, so that's the only reason I really wanted us to do that, is so I could catch my breath. No, um, just, just kidding. So there is a purpose to it. And so we're going to do that again, all right? We're going to take a breath on the count of three, and then after that breath, we're going to say, thank you, Jesus. Okay? Here we go. Do this with me. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Great job. You see, I know that that probably felt pretty elementary uh, to some of us or a lot of us maybe even in the room today. But the fact of the matter is that in the midst of your day, even though you slept in and came to the 12, that it's very likely that this could be the first time this morning that you have just taken a moment to step back and say, thank you, God. Thank you for the breath that you've put in my lungs. Thank you for sustaining me in my every moment. And so now we've defined what worship is and why we worship. Let's look back at Ephesians 3.21, and we're going to unpack it a little bit further. Verse 21 says, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So it says in the very first words there, to him. So this tells us who we worship. He gets all of the glory, and it's all his. And then we see in the church. So here this is speaking to us in the collective of all of his people. One of the primary ways that we worship as the church is in exactly what we're doing here today. We're gathered together for the very purpose of worshiping Jesus. You know, we've talked a lot in uh, recent months about how we get the opportunity to come in here and we get to practice uh, for what we're supposed to do outside of this place in our daily life, right? 
Well, the cool thing about worship is, yes, we are building those reps by doing that here for our daily life, but even better is we're building reps for what we're going to do for eternity when this life wraps up and we are face-to-face with our God. You see, John paints a beautiful picture in Revelation chapter 4 and 5, and I really encourage you to go and read that on your own when you leave here today. We're not going to read the entire account right now, but you'll, you'll see, and he talks about these um, beautiful and quite frankly, pretty bizarre creatures that are stationed around the throne of God and their sheer purpose is to just echo praise and honor back to him. But we are going to read verses 9 through 11 in chapter 4. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to the one who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before the one who is seated on the throne and worship the one who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, singing, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. So we, we read those words together, but truthfully, this is a song that's being sung around the throne constantly, day and night. So I encourage you to go read chapters four and five, and uh, especially if you're of the notion and you're one of these people, like I know some of us are, where you're just kind of like, see, singing, music, worship, yeah, that's not really for me. That's not, that's not my cup of tea, you know, if you will, um, because I'd say that after you read this scripture, that you'll realize that you really probably need to start acquiring a taste for it because it's very much a part of our our future and our eternal plan. I recently heard a message from Chris Hodges. He's the pastor of Church of the Highlands, and he said in that message, church is to be enjoyed, not endured. We should look forward and take advantage of the time that we're given here in this place today, not because it's our culture or it's what we're accustomed to and just floating through the motions, It's not just something to check off of our list. As we think about these habits, I think it's absolutely vital that we think about how these habits play out on the next generation, okay? And we think back to our pursuit series, and we must ask ourselves the question, are those that are younger than me, whether it be my own children or just younger people that I'm around on a regular basis, when they look at me, do they see someone who's prioritizing being connected with a body of believers, or are they seeing someone who loves and serves one another like Jesus? When they look at me, yes, even in a gathering setting like this, when they look at me, are they seeing someone who unashamedly and passionately worships Jesus or someone who's just enduring through the time here? Because the reality is whatever they see us doing is really how they're going to respond in their own life. And I actually have photo evidence of how this is proven to be true. See, this is one of my all-time favorite pictures that our creative team has ever captured. This is our family's pastor, Colin Cook, holding his middle son, Sully. In the back of the space, we were up leading worship, and Colin lifted his hand in worship. And then after a few moments, Sully began to do the same. You can see his little hand there on the right side if you look closely. And you know, it's easy to ask the question, you know, did Sully really understand what was happening in that moment or what was really going on? You know, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that he saw his father being moved to something, stirred by something to such a point that he physically responded to it, and then it moved him to do the same. 
You know, one of my favorite times that I can think back to in the short time that I've been a father is when um, our little Annie girl will just come out of nowhere and start singing. And this is, this is how she sings it too. She'll sing, Jesus, our redemption, our salvation is in blood. It kind of trails off there a little bit <laughs> at the end. But man, that gives me such joy as a father to, to know, yeah, she may not understand all of that right now, and I can assure you she doesn't, but she is getting that in her heart and in her spirit because she sees it displayed through us here. So it's important to ask ourselves, what are we passing down when it comes to worship? And I truly do believe that part of my role here in this church is to help steward and guide our entire church body into a better understanding of God's character and who He is through worship. That's why in the last few years, we've worked really hard with some of our staff and volunteers to create musical worship environments for public students, roots, and even for our very littlest ones in Sprouts. You see, my role here would be very incomplete if I only focused on worship as it relates to music. You see, it's kind of like the series that we're in where we have three essential habits but are on their own incomplete. Music is an essential aspect of worship, but is not the full embodiment of worship. You know, it's great for us to come in here and worship through these songs, through how we serve, or even through our giving, but we have completely missed the mark if we don't truly go public with our worship to Him. And that means that we take it to our workplace, we take it to the classroom, we take it to the places we're just hanging out at, and you better believe we also take it home. Now you're saying, well, Cody, that just ruins my entire plan because, you see, I was going to email katie at publicchurch.com and line up a time for public worship to come follow me around for the day so I could just worship in my daily routine. Doesn't that sound great? I don't know if that sounds great. Y'all may think, no way. Um, But that's just not possible, okay? But the awesome thing is, is luckily we have scripture that points to us the ways that this is possible. Just a quick sidebar there. In my opinion, the best songs of worship and praise to God are those that are taken either directly or at least paraphrased from God's word. Because there is something absolutely beautiful about reading these words, reading these truths, and then singing them back in response to who he is. He's given us this book, this manual to live by, and literally everything flows from it. It's all that we need, okay? So no, public worship isn't going to be there as your alarm clock in the morning. (laughs) Zeal for you, getting you going for the day. But we can take heart because we know that we can go to God's word and find everything that we need to live a life of worship off this campus. Let's look in Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. So this is telling us that not only should we do things to the very best of our ability, work at it with all your heart, but most importantly, it's telling us to do everything as working for the Lord. You know, this is really good news because you know what this means? This means that the playbook for how we live a life of worship is literally wide open. You see, worship is all about the intent behind the actions that we take. It's your motivation. You know, if worship is my response to God for who He is and what He has done, that means that everything that I do can and should be done from a posture of worship. That means that you can go to work tomorrow and and we can go in and do our normal Monday thing and go, okay, I'm going to start the countdown right now for five o'clock. I'm going to show a punch out there. I just have to make it to that point. Or you can go into work tomorrow 
and say, Jesus, you have given me this job. You have given me these eight hours in this place with these people. Show me how I can maximize it for your name. You know, this is certainly not in our nature, and it doesn't come easy, that's for sure. But one thing is for certain that it's what we're called to, and that God is always faithful to equip us to everything that he's called us to. And students, that means that in class tomorrow, rather than just scrolling through Instagram the entire time during the lecture or just sitting there looking like you'd rather eat a box of nails than listen to what this guy's saying, you're actually going to lean in and you're going to listen. And why are you going to do that? You're going to do it all to give honor and praise back to God. We must evaluate this in our lives and ask ourselves regularly the question, are my actions saying that I actually worship Jesus? If the people that I come in contact with, if they're looking at me, what would they say that I worship? And if we go back to Ephesians 3.21, this point is emphasized even more with three simple words, in Christ Jesus. You know, it isn't uncommon at all in our culture and society for someone when they win an award or get some sort of recognition for them to recognize someone who's been influential and impactful in their life to help them along the way. And you may hear someone Um, Say, hey, I'm doing this in honor and memory of my grandfather or grandmother, and that is certainly good, and you should be done. But the overarching question for a Jesus follower should be this, whose name am I living for? If people look at my life, even in my weakest moments, would they see that I'm in Christ Jesus? You know, through the course of this series, we've been putting together this little product, and I know you guys are just waiting anxiously to find out what it is, right? So in week one, we found out that we had this pack of of stitches or sutures. This is a suture kit inside here, okay? Representing the fact that everything's held together, everything's connected in Christ, right? So last week, Todd had this wire. And we know that wires are really just conduits for some sort of energy or something to flow through, right? Representing that everything that we do should flow out of a heart of love, now, this week, we have this little guy here, and you're saying, oh, okay, what's that? So I didn't know what this was either, but this is a battery, and what this kit is is actually an internal defibrillator. See, this device here, this product that we have, literally has the power to sustain and give life. And you know that point is, is that worship is the powerhouse that fuels and sustains every aspect of our spiritual life. Worship is how we connect to the giver of life and to others. Worship is impossible unless we dive into the deep end and the vastness of God's love. That's making it impossible to worship him if we haven't tapped into that potential. Sometimes worship comes easy. You know, when you find um, some cash in the pocket of the, the shorts that you haven't had on since like last summer or whatever, that's just, that's gold right there. Thank you, Lord, instantly in that moment, right? Um, or when you're just seemingly winning at everything and things are really going your way. Uh, it's easy to worship in those times, and you certainly should. You know, there's nothing wrong with worshiping in those seasons. Uh, for instance, so earlier, earlier this week, um, my wife Hannah put in a mobile order uh, for some groceries. And if you've never done mobile order for anything, it's definitely the way to go. Um, so she put a mobile order in, and the way that works for groceries is if they don't have the item exactly that you ordered, they'll substitute it, you know, for another item. It just so happens this week that that substitution meant that we got a significant increase 
and the amount of the quantity of strawberry uncrustables that we had ordered for Annie. So here's what, so naturally in her excitement, Hannah took to Instagram and uh, this is what she said. I ordered a pack of four Uncrustables for Annie. They told me they were sorry because they only had a box of 10. They actually gave me 30 Uncrustables for $2.96. Thank you, Walmart pickup. Even if it was an accident, we're set for a long time, right? And so in, in this moment, Hannah's saying here, thank you, Walmart, you know, but I can assure you, that the phone call that I got immediately after this, she was saying, oh, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord, Cody. You don't, we have so much favor. She said this. We have, look at the favor we are getting. You know, and so I was right there with her, too. I was like, yeah, well, that's a lot of Uncrustables, you know. Um, so the question is, though, what about when there's seemingly no favor? What about when seemingly everything is working against us and nothing is going our way? What about when the, when the bills are piling up? What about when the diagnosis is just bad? You know, what about the times where you feel like you've invested and you've worked so hard at your marriage, but seemingly no matter what you do, it is failing? Then what do we do? Was well, again, as we've done time and time again during this talk today, we can turn back to the Word of God to find the answers we're looking for. This is the last scripture we'll read. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. I'll just say there real quick, it talks about how we're going to receive praise and honor. We know what we're going to do with that praise and honor when we receive it. It's the exact same thing we should do now in this context when we receive anything like that. We're just going to lay it at his feet. We're going to give it right back to him, the only one who's worthy to receive it. Then it goes on to say, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. And church, I want us to know that we need to be people who worship in the favor and in the famine. You know, I've found in my own life that I've taken tremendous steps when it comes to worshiping Jesus when I've realized that I could just be completely honest with him, that I could bring him all of my brokenness, all of the empty pieces of me, all of my doubts, and yes, even my anger. And you can just say, God, I know that this is not a great circumstance. And quite frankly, it is looking really grim right now. I don't feel you necessarily right now. And it seems like you are so far away. But I know that your promises are true. I know that I can rest in that. And that just because my circumstances are rough, that that doesn't change at all who you are or who your character is, Jesus. So I'm going to worship you through this season because you've put a beating heart inside of my chest and breath in these lungs of mine. And as long as that's still there, I can keep saying, thank you, Jesus. And I will worship you in the favor and in the famine. You know, it's so easy to forget that we are literally in a battle. And what Satan wants more than anything is to keep you from worshiping Jesus. You know, even if it's not him that you ended up worshiping, he, he wins of sorts, in his mind at least, if he keeps you from worshiping Christ because he is jealous and he is angry 
And I tell our team this all the time, but when we are worshiping on this platform or even in our lives, then we are literally pushing back the darkness and the forces of evil over our lives, over our situations, over all of our circumstances when you choose to worship in the midst of that time. In times when we are hurting and broken, we can be completely honest with God about our condition and still be worshiping Him. And because we don't worship based on our emotions, we worship based on our purpose. We worship out of purpose rather than emotion because our emotions can be all over the place. And we will always be searching for more that in order to attain the more that we're longing for, that we have to be living lives of worship. And then that purpose just continues to grow and become even deeper because yes, we are gonna worship Him for who He is, but man, how awesome is it that we realize what He has done and the fact that the creator of the universe, the God of the universe, wants to walk a daily and intimate walk with you. Man, that makes someone worthy of worship, in my opinion. So the band's gonna come back up and we're gonna have to ask ourselves, what are we gonna do with this? We've talked about how worship demands a response. So what is mine going to be today? You know, I believe that some of us are going to leave here today and we go home, we're gonna talk to our family and friends and the words that we use are gonna be more seasoned with love and grace. And in doing so, we'll be acting out in worship. I believe that some of us are gonna go to class or go to work tomorrow. Instead of just starting the countdown or being filled with dread, that we're gonna press into that time. And we're gonna say, Jesus, how can I maximize your name to where I can say all that I'm doing is in Christ Jesus? I believe that some people are gonna leave here today and they're gonna to come to team night on Tuesday night because of this series and everything that's been stirred inside of you. And you're gonna realize that joining and being a part of one of these teams here is an opportunity to exercise these habits. And in doing that, you're gonna find yourself worshiping in those times of serving because everything that you're doing is gonna be motivated by giving praise and honor and glory back to God. What's really awesome is that we're gonna have an opportunity to respond right now in this moment through singing. You know, maybe all this sounds really foreign and you may just have some questions um, or maybe you're saying, hey, you know, I, I realize that I do worship something, but it's definitely not Jesus and I want to make the choice to do that today. If that's you, I just wanna encourage you to go to the back of the room beside the camera immediately when we stand to start to sing and meet with someone from our prayer team because they would love to meet you there. Maybe you're watching on YouTube or you're listening uh, to the podcast and you feel the need to respond as well. well. I would love for you to email katie at publicchurch.com so we can follow up with you. And if you make the choice to receive Christ, we want to celebrate and come alongside you because that is incredible news. But for all of us, we have the opportunity to respond in this time. So let's take the next few minutes to be willing to evaluate our lives and ask God to stretch us and show us how to be more in tune with Him and living this life of worship. We're gonna sing the song, So Will I. And I absolutely love this song because it speaks so beautifully of how all of creation exists to worship God. And we're gonna sing about how we worship Him for who He is. Then it's gonna come around to the last verse. And I love this part. We're gonna worship Him because of what He's done. It says, God of salvation, you chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created, light of the world, abandoned in darkness to die. 
But as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Well, you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. It's awesome because you can just hear it start to sing in hope, sing in faith. I could see your heart in everything you've done, every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, and so will I. So as we get ready to sing, I just want to encourage you, don't let this just be a normal time of where we just go through a routine and do what we're accustomed to. Let it be personal. Let it be real. The God of creation wants to connect with you in a meaningful way in this place today. So ask him to reveal more of his character to you during this time. We're going to join the song of all creation and let our voices be heard and say, so will I. And the one that we're worshiping is the only one who can make a hundred billion failures disappear. So let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you so much for your goodness and for your grace and mercy. God, we thank you that you have given us this time together here today to honor you and to worship you. So Father, I ask that you would help us to be people who put these habits into practice in our daily lives, who practice them here in this place, Father. Also, people can be pointed to who you are and so we can walk closer with you, Jesus. God, I thank you that you love us so much that you desire relationship with us. Help us to do that better, Lord. In your name, amen.